This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. And if you ever have a question for me, please feel free to reach out to me by visiting crucialtalks.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And I would also greatly appreciate it if you could review and share the podcast with anybody you think might gain some benefit from it. Now, if any of you have listened to this before, you already know these things, but for any of the new listeners, this podcast focuses on three different areas. We focus on individuals, which is self-transformation through this self-categorization process, adopting new roles and identities, that sort of thing. We also talk about group behavior, teamwork, how people work together, but we do that through a lens of social identity, in-groups and out-groups, and how people see other groups and label people, label themselves and the groups they belong to. And we talk about systems thinking using appreciative inquiry. But what surrounds all of these things is the underlying fact that people are social storytellers. And in fact, we're the only social creature on the planet that can create reality with each other and within ourselves. Realistically, what happens is we tell ourselves stories and we tell each other stories and we're able to share experiences with each other and create them within ourselves that actually drives behavior because of the power of storytelling. And that's why I think today's episode is really going to be fun and enlightening for everybody. Because yes, it's going to be a little different than some of the other authors we've had on here before, but it really is going to give us a new lens to look through that I think can be pretty powerful and pretty engaging. Because today we get to talk to Anne Kate Sullivan. Now, her first name is spelled A-Y-N. So if you look her up on Google or go to her website, it's A-Y-N Kate Sullivan. And she is a best-selling author. She has a doctorate and a master's in literature from King's College London and Columbia University. And her latest books, Heroines of Avalon and Legends of the Grail, are both highly acclaimed and they've won awards. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, hmm, those books don't really sound like the kind of books we've talked about on the Crucial Talks podcast before. Well, that's because they're really not like the books we've talked about before. But that's why I think this interview is going to be so special. And I don't think it matters what industry you're in, what job you hold, or what your goals are. The information we're going to get from Anne and the, the stories in these books and the lessons that we can learn from them are pretty powerful. And we've talked to authors before, but we've never spoken to an author who has written books quite like these. She's been able to take stories that are hundreds, even thousands of years old, and written them in a way that makes them contemporary and inspiring to audiences today. So it's really my pleasure to welcome Ann Kate Sullivan to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. So I'm really ready to dive into a wondrous journey with you. Well, I think it's going to be fun. But before we do that, can we just hear a little bit about you and how you really got to this place? What is your journey that got you to where you are today? Because you're not just writing books. I mean, you're helping people with coaching and things like that. So how did you actually get here and what did you have to go through to get to this place where you're really helping a lot of people? Well, when I was working on my doctorate in England, 
I would go to the libraries and I would see all these busts of white men. <laughs> and I was at the time collecting folklore and I'm writing stories and I'm thinking, do I belong? Do I actually belong here? Is there a group that I'm part of or am I always going to be some sort of outcast because I'm a woman? So it was bothering me at the time. And this is 30 years ago when I started this journey. And so luckily I was given this overseas research award and I was able to go through the west coast of Ireland and collect Celtic tales. And what was happening as I was doing this is I was finding the stories of the most fascinating women, queens and heroines. And there's a story there of, um, of the, the goddess of the land. And as I looked at these characters and I looked at these women, I began to, to notice that I had these archetypes and I had these characters within my own psyche and my own consciousness. So I became increasingly fascinated by them and determined to rescue them. Most of them were demonized, and I had, so so retelling the tale was very important. So, so my own story is very tied up in their tales, because in in learning about the great mother, for instance, the archetype of the great mother, I started to understand that yes, there is a place for me in this culture and this society, and yes, maybe I've made mistakes in my life, and I maybe I've been successful, and I can follow the stories of the bards the ancient bards, and understanding my culture and my place in this world. Well, I think that's pretty fascinating because what you said basically is the fact that you didn't really feel like, or you were asking the question, is there a group I belong to? And then you were able to find these stories and develop these ideas. And really you talk about all these different archetypes. And what I'm hearing you say is so similar to how we adopt roles based on things like self-categorization and social identity, where we actually look for a prototype, something that we can follow that makes the world around us make more sense. And it kind of seems like some of the things you were getting into led you, led you down this path because it gave you something to help you understand the world around you and where you can fit. Exactly. I always loved the stories of King Arthur and the Round Table and the knights, the knights that would sit there together and they would understand each other and they, you know, they, they wanted to raise the consciousness of humanity. And I kept thinking, well, well, where's my chair at the Round Table? Where do I fit at the Round Table? But if you look, if you look at the Round Table, it's a circle. So the feminine's actually right in the middle. <laughs> One of the things I really loved about finding these stories, I knew I knew Greek and, and Roman stories fairly well. But in those traditions, generally the goddess reflects, she's a lunar goddess, she reflects the light of the masculine. So she exists in a shadowy way. But in the Celtic tradition, you have, you have characters such as Anya or Ain and, um, and Anu. It's the same, same goddess, different names. But they're the ones that are the solar goddesses, and they reflect their own light. And so you were talking about systems thinking and inquiry. <laughs> she's the one to call upon because she's the one that can spark your personal brilliancy and help you understand how you go forward with your own as a solar deity. And I had never seen that before, uh, especially as a woman looking at this. Ah, you mean I can ask questions? Oh, I can really engage in the world with my own individual way of seeing things and, and exploration. Well, and I think, you know, in, in today's society, at least in this country, and I think in other places around the world, 
we're seeing a resurgence or a focus on on women, right? With about the Me Too movement and all of these things, and it it just seems like it's it's coming. I don't know. It, it seems like there's there's becoming a greater focus on there as there should be. It seems like what you're talking about is really giving people a way to harness those thoughts. And and, and I love how you kind of created that vision in my head about the difference between uh, goddesses that are reflective, but it, versus those where the story is that they they produce their own light. I mean, I love that kind of that thought that occurs in our head when we actually think of that, because that's a totally different way of looking at, at two different things, right? One that either just reflects others or one that truly creates their own light. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing that I love about this, the Celtic stories that I've been working on is that they're very much about equality. So they're the goddess of the land will find a king that they think is, is a good leader. He has the right qualities. He, and, and then you actually learn what those qualities are. A good king is of service. He's in service to his people. The good king cares about other people. The good king wants to make sure that everybody has abundance. Everybody is cared for. They all, all of their needs are looked after. And so also he has to treat his queen well. And so when you have this, the, these role models, these are two wonderful role models of the original king and queen. We look for them in our culture and our society. And then once we do that, once we recover the, the, the queen that was relegated to the past, once we bring her up out of the well, we can start to work with this and engage men and women engaging harmoniously together. I think it's very important. I think so too. And I think that the work you're doing really does help people understand that. Because last year I gave a, I gave a talk to a a school, uh, just a, a small class of young kids. And we were talking about pilots, talking about helicopter pilots and airplane pilots. And a little girl actually asked, and this kind of shocked me because I didn't realize, I didn't see that this was an issue, but she asked if girls could be pilots too. And this was last year. It wasn't like it was 15 years ago or anything like that. It was last year. And it was a little bit shocking to me that a little girl didn't realize that both men and women could be pilots. I just did not expect that. And it was, it was telling to me that there is still a lot of work, I think, that might need to be done because the stories we're telling each other and the ones we adopt are so powerful that a little girl could actually have that thought. Exactly. The, the stories in these books are, are perfect for the Me Too movement. There's a wonderful tale. I think I, you might really enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, it's actually in the first book, Legends of the Grail. And uh, there's a, a man in the story named Cahulan. Now, Cahulan is m one of the most famous of all the, I of all the Irish heroes. Um, and he, he, at this particular point in time, he's a little young and he's trying to figure out how he can really adopt the qualities of the hero. How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna step into who, who I am? My, how do I claim my destiny? And so he's told that if he really wants to become a hero, he has to go to Scotland and he has to go to the Isle of Skye and he has to jump across this 22 foot ravine. And if he makes it, he needs to find Skye. 
She's one of the old women of the world. She's a warrior goddess. And she's the one that will give him the magic so that he can become who he is. So you find this in Celtic tales a lot. The masculine's got to go search for the feminine, and the feminine has to search for the masculine. So in this tale, he does go, he sails, and he gets there, and he's able to jump this 22-foot ravine. And it's terrifying because there's skulls all along the all, all along the, the, the sea there, but he makes it across and there she is. And she's appeared in her maiden form and she's got long flowing black hair and she's holding a dagger. And as he's jumped, she's reading his future. Is he, is he a failure? Am I throwing him into the sea? Is he my lover? Is he, who's he going to be? And she realizes that he's supposed to be a true hero. And so she takes him through all these initiations. So the reason that the women such as Skaya, they're like sorceresses, but the reason like female Merlins, we, we can say, the reason that they're so important is because they have to inspire the men to find the magic within themselves. So in the tale, he goes through a whole variety of initiations and he comes out with his lightning, his spark of light so that he can emerge as the true hero. Well, and it sounds similar, and I've, we've talked about this on the podcast before. It sounds similar to a hero's journey because to me, a hero, it doesn't matter if you're male, female, it just doesn't matter. But the hero's journey seems to be something that comes out of a lot of these different tales and, and myths that we as human beings can learn from. Do you or have you found that kind of same sort of hero's journey in, in maybe even what what happened to you to get you to where you are today or what you've seen with people that, that talk to you or to, or ask for help or what you've done in the research to actually put these stories into written form that people can learn from. Are you seeing that hero's journey present? And is that something you think is applicable to somebody today that picks up your book or listens to this podcast episode and wants to make a, a change in their life? Absolutely. Um, Joseph Campbell made the, the hero's journey famous. And, and the, the stories of King Arthur are the best known stories. The stories of the Holy Grail, the quest for the Grail, are the most famous stories um, in Western civilization. So just about everybody, one way or the other, knows the stories of the Lady of the Lake and Excalibur and King Arthur. And, and they might not know all the details, but it's part of our psyche. And, and what's the reason I, I believe they've they've been alive for so so long is because in life if we're really going to find out who we are we have to take some sort of journey when where we we're stripped away of what we think is our identity so when i went on my hero's journey i thought oh i'm ann and i you know i'm in, at university and but what got me going wasn't the, the identity, what, what got me going was this deep longing and deep question in myself, who am I? Who am I? Who am I in this world? Where do I fit? Where do I belong? Do I matter? You know, what's going on here? And so the King Arthur stories um, invite you, the Legends of the Grail stories invite you into the underworld. Actually, they invite you into the underworld. So they invite you to challenge yourself. Who am I without my identity without this ego structure who is actually here and so the stories are fabulous because you you have a confrontation and then you find out on your journey oh oh if i go in and and i meet the dragon well there, there there's actually gemstones down there i'm finding my kindness my compassion i'm finding my strength and my joy i'm finding the elements the gemstones of my true nature my true reality who i truly am 
which is not this kind of flat, you know, facade that we that we we put out there, which is also important. There's something deeper. There's something eternal. And in and going into this in world, this enchanted world, we actually start to connect with archetypal realities. And if you think for a minute, like why do they matter? Well, the archetype of a, let's say a king or the great mother, these are ancient, ancient, ancient archetypes. And we think of ourselves and we get you know, maybe 90 years if we're lucky here, you know. So we're tapping in to these qualities, these qualities that might be ancient, but they're also in us. They reside as these seeds waiting, waiting to blossom within our own true nature. Well, and I, I love what you're saying because it really comes down to this fact that these journeys, although like your journey, you're telling us about your journey, how I actually went from this country to another country and one exploring and, and seeing all these things that it's a very literal journey. But what I love about talking to people like you is the fact that when you're talking in general terms about these journeys, people can take smaller transformational journeys in their own lives. I mean, even somebody who wants to, who loves what they're doing, loves where they work, loves their life, feels engaged but feels like there's something more or they just want to be better in their business or or in their lives or in their relationships can that be a journey in itself for people oh absolutely the i mean some of the most famous people that we know loved the authorian legend the grail legend they understood i mean kennedy for instance really understood the importance of the concept of the round table uh, what it was to be a true king and I think it's something that's important for our, our culture right now. There's another piece, too, that I think is important, which is that um, the hero's journey is slightly different than the heroine's journey. And the hero's journey is we know more. We know that author has to ride into the underworld to, to find out who he is as a king. But there's also the heroine's journey. And the heroine's journey is not about slaying the dragon in the underworld. It's, in fact, it's completely different. It's about going into the underworld and making friends with the dragon. And by that, and what is the dragon? You think for, oh, you're in a dark, shadowy world. It's a dark place. And um, it's actually the dragon, the concept of the dragon, the archetype of the dragon is your own power. It's your shadow self. And sometimes it's seen as the hag, you know, the sort of, the, the one who challenges you. And just think about the, the, the show for a minute. How many people would love to be out speaking and are just terrified? And so the archetypal journey is to go in and face that dragon, that fear, that fear, I can't, I can't possibly be who I am. I, I just don't have it in me. I just, and then you, and then you conquer it and you speak for a little bit and you go, oh my gosh, you know, I really started telling these stories and people, people love the, this, people love this and it helps them. And it, I'm actually bringing the spark of light to humanity and I'm doing my mission. I'm, so you come back understanding who you who you are and each one of us is a is a snowflake you know we're we're all a little bit different we wouldn't we wouldn't want to be the same we're all going to come back with a different gift a different surprising gemstone that's underneath the dragon (laughs) well and you know and i i love talking to you because there's so much value i think in the pictures you paint for us so when we're talking the hero's journey and i never knew the 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 nuanced difference between the hero's journey and the heroine's journey. But I, I like what you said there where the hero's journey, I mean, when you're talking about the hero's journey, I can see where you're trying to conquer something. You're trying to destroy something. You're trying to win the battle. But then when you talked about the heroine's journey, this is awesome too, because 
to me, when you said that, the first thing I thought of was the need to be self-aware, to understand yourself. And the fact that you said this concept of the dragon is your shadow self. It's still part of you, but it's something you're trying to recognize and deal with. Is that is that similar to this this concept of the heroine's journey, this idea that you have to become more self-aware on this journey? Absolutely. That's I think if you if you do actually have the chance to go and take a pilgrimage or a quest or a journey through these sacred lands, there there's stories written in the landscape. And if and if your DNA is if you have Irish or British uh, heritage or even little Viking, which a lot of us do, um, it, it it might open up even more quickly. But you don't you can really be of any any sort of background to tap into into world mythology. But the thing is, um, if we're going on a if we're going on an adventure, and um, what we want to do, like for instance, I really had this ache. I really wanted to know more about the Great Mother, because um, even though I might have felt that I had picked up in the old traditions, there are four hallows. There's the sword of truth. There's the there's a shield or a stone of destiny. There's a spear of lightning, and then there's the cup. The cup of uh, uh, the grail, the cauldron, the, the feminine, the feminine uh, archetype. And what I was looking for was the grail, and that's what the stories are about. But I wanted to go back and find the feminine face that I could relate to, that I could, that I could so, I, so I could find my voice, that I could find something that would propel me forward. And um, if you go back far enough, uh, you can find, well, the, the, in the stories we have, the Kaliach, which is the old woman of the world who's, who sits in a cave and she stirs her pot and she tells all the stories and all the seeds of the world are in there. You know? So she's, she's a really wonderful character. But if we think for a minute just in a more practical way, where do we really learn things? Where does it really begin? When does the story truly start? And if, if I think about my own journey and people might relate, I'm sitting in the kitchen in Virginia with my grandmother and, and she's stirring some soup. She's getting some soup ready for her, for all of us. We're all hungry and she's getting some soup ready and there's the steam rising up. And now this farm was a, well, there's a story that the King of England gave us a land grant, our family a land grant in 1668 in Virginia, and we believe it's the same farm. And so, so we're sitting on this place that has this history, and we're talking about these, the Knights of Northumbria, who were the ones that brought us here, and they had courage, and they had insight, they had a certain amount of wisdom, so the steam is rising, and I'm becoming very curious about, about these, these men and these characters. And so, you know, when I went on the journey, I found uh, Bamberg Castle, and there's actually a great story that, that you can see right now on TV called The Last Kingdom, and it's based on these same, these same uh, Uhtred and some of these same characters. But in all this, the, you know, the stirring of the pot, I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, what I, who I was really with was my grandmother. And she was really in touch with something that she might not even have remembered because for a long time, some of these characters like Blue Eyewiss were considered demons. And so I had to go back and, and look at, well, you know, why, why were they demonized? Like, what, what did they do? What, did they, what was the action that caused them to be uh, outcasts? And, you know, one way to answer it is to go back and look at the ones that survived. Say, for instance, um, Danu, who's, who's one of the great 
uh, Irish mothers, and uh, Dan is holds the cup of wisdom. And you and you know, if you were a king or here, you go, you would go and sip from that cup. And Danu becomes she's dawn in the in the West and in the uh, Welsh mythology, and then she becomes Anu and Ania the fairy, and then she becomes Saint Anne. So she she morphs depending on what century we're in. She morphs, and so she eventually becomes Saint Anne, is known as the uh, midwife of Jesus. So. Um, so there's one way for an archetype, an archetypal reality to, to shift and change so that they survive every, every situation. And we also have the ability to do that. Oh, I'm coming into this particular talk or this particular meeting. And, and what is it that, that needs to come forward now? And let me create creatively with, with this particular situation. So the feminine, that's what I love about the, both men and women questing for the, the, uh, for the divine feminine is you find your creative juices. You find your stories. You find, oh, here's my paintbrush. And now I can, I can uh, offer something beautiful. One, I think that's a pretty great lesson because I, I think a lot, of, a lot of organizations, right? I mean, we're, it's easy for us to think about organizations and bureaucracy and hierarchies and all this stuff, but, and there, there's so much data out there. And this is what's funny about this is there's a lot of data out there about it, that data doesn't work, right? That it doesn't actually change people's perceptions and judgment and decision-making, but the creative side of things, the storytelling, what does the data actually say in a story form is what can impact decision-making and thought process. And I love what you're saying just because it's about that, that tapping into the creative side where these stories have existed for a long time. They do have a long history. They have morphed. But in the, at the core of these stories, there seems to be a constant thread that runs through the story, even though it may have morphed over thousands of years. Yeah, and if you're thinking sort of in a, in a more modern sense, like right now, why do these stories matter right now? If you think about it for a minute, you're going into, you're going into a, you know, you're going to go do a talk. And it's very easy to go become superficial and become like a little nervous and, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what I, do I matter? And you can feel even maybe false or you can feel, you can feel like maybe you don't have what it takes. That's the point to stop. And whatever your tradition is, is just to come back into that place, just to come back into yourself, into the truth of who you are. And, you know, if you have a strong mother archetype, come back to that part of you that's deeply caring. If you have a strong king archetype, come back to that. And just come back, ah, and you take a deep breath and you go, okay, I'm home. I'm home in my body. I'm home in this world. I'm home right now. I have all the stories that I ever need to serve me. I understand how to differentiate between maybe things that help me and things that hurt me. I understand this. And if you go into a meeting or into a situation or really any relationship and you're 60% in your in-world with your friends and your companions, you have your strength. You have your compassion. You have all the tools that you need. And then you start to engage with someone, and they can feel your solidity. They, they understand that, oh, you're here. You're in your presence. You're in your true nature. And then this 40% exchange can be extremely powerful. Does that make sense? It does. It almost seems like what you're saying is that these, these stories, 
they are not only do does everybody kind of understand them once they hear them because they've ex- they've really experienced it and it's part of our psyches, but that if you understand the stories, if you have an archetype to look on, it's almost like it's a way to to recenter yourself, to go back to the core of who you are so that what you do in that meeting or in that situation really grows from that. And it's not driven by the external, but it's driven more by the internal uh, storyline that you're telling yourself. Absolutely. Because when you get in touch with the wondrous child within who really carries our spark, that's when your genius can really come forward. You know, you're carrying the spark. You're, I have an amazing idea. Let me share this amazing idea with you. And you don't know where this spark might lead, but you know it's coming from a deep and a very authentic place. Well, and so we've got these stories. And, you know, the book I'm looking at right now is Legends of the Grail. And we talked about the Grail, but I was hoping we could, because of the, the fact that these stories can be can be a way to recenter ourselves or a way to refocus or a way to allow us to perform a little bit better in a situation because we're able to grow from that that kind of internal driver. What exactly is the concept of the grail? Because it seems like, you know, you say grail and people think of a, a gold cup or something like that. But the, the concept of the grail, as I'm talking to you, seems to be seems to be something that may differ from with each person. Does everybody have their own grail? I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. I believe I believe that you're when you find your grail, what you've done is you've you've found your wholeness. In in grail legend, grail tradition, there there are a lot of grails. So so in the say you're on the Crusades, you're a Knights Templar, you're riding for an object. But I believe that when the Knights Templars made it to Jerusalem and they found some, they I think they realized what what they were doing were looking for was that some people call it the blue stone or the emerald, but what it really is, is the light within. They found, oh, this is who I am. This is my true nature. In the Arthurian legend, they're looking for the cup. They're looking for the feminine. And around the fifth century, the feminine energies dispersed. They were lost. They were, they were stamped down uh, for a variety of reasons. And so in, in the in Arthurian tradition, you're looking for the lost feminine and so you can like literally do a quest where you go to wells in in england and in wales where you go in ireland where you go to these sacred wells and you and you invite the the feminine essence back into yourself don't don't be lost you know i want to know my feelings i want to know how you know i want to know my soul so there's a way of questing for the grail in that in that tradition that's what the the books are about and i think what's really fun is let's say you know your warrior archetype because warrior archetype king archetype they're they're pretty approved of in, in our society and um what you might also find in some of these is, is, or some of the sort of, we think of them as the scary archetypes, but they're really wonderful. Like, like we were talking about our inner dragon or the old woman of the world. Now the old woman of the world is really great because she's got, she's got a big cauldron and she's stirring all the seeds, the seeds that create the whole universe, you know? <laughs> and so if you can go and there's an old story where you go and you kiss the hag and then you become king, Right. So, so again, it's about finding the totality. Oh, I love, I love the maiden archetype. I love, I don't know about the old woman. I don't know about the dragon. I don't know. I don't know. What about the sorceress? They're, they're dangerous. But it's actually finding all of these different gemstones that are our true nature. So if you go into the books, the Legends of the Grail, 
um, you can, there's some exercises and so forth. If you want to find the great mother, uh, there's also Kaser who's an adventurer, you know, if you want to find more about her or you're interested in Anya and finding your, how you shine your light in your own way. And the Kahulan archetype is there too. Um, Skaya, you know, the great warrioress. Um, Emer, and she's gentle about finding your beauty and care who can fly between worlds and the old woman of the world, the Kaliak. Um, and this is also true uh, in the heroines Babylon, there are other archetypes. So these are about going in and finding these qualities and, and capacities of your in-world. You know, Jung talked about it a lot. You know, mythologists understand that if you find all the aspects of your being, then you can move forward into the world in a way that's really incredibly powerful. And we need this right now. If we look around the world right now, it's, it's crazy. It's chaotic, right? <laughs> but if you, if you spend time, it's like slow down. We talk about how, how you, you know, we, we want to be so quick and so forth. But really, if you want to be effective in this fast-paced world, we do the, not what we think we should do. We don't speed up. We actually slow down. We slow down, we enter, we find out who we truly are. And then from that place, we move forward. Well, and I think all of that is so powerful to think about because even when you talk about searching for the grail and riding to Jerusalem and taking this massive journey all to find out that it was something within and I think that's really, I mean, the journey of our lives and the journeys we take just being able to, I mean, even getting a new job or accomplishing a lifelong goal or something like that, these journeys all seem to come back to something within us that makes them worthwhile. Oh, it's so true. I mean, if, if we just look, if we we're thinking just about our ordinary lives for a minute, ordinary, ordinary is never ordinary. You know, it's, there's, there's so much to it. And I think one, you know, one of the ways the, these stories helped me is, you know, when I was a single mom and I'm, oh, I didn't, I couldn't quest and I was doing dishes and, oh my gosh, you know, another more dishes and, oh, how am I going to do this? And I stayed with that in world. I stayed with my, the, the enchanted world while I'm doing the dishes. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you know, I, here I am, and I'm putting these, these cups away, and it's so good. I'm really organizing. Look at this. Look at this. The old woman of the world is helping me put, she's helping me load the dishwasher. And then, of course, the kids love it because they go, oh, what's happening? I'm like, oh, well, we have to get this ready so we can go visit the dragon. You know, so, so in a way, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a way of making life fun and entertaining, but it's also very real. It helps us. It helps the, the grail. Finding the grail means that we have all the capacities that we need emotionally, psychologically, physically, so that we can cope with ordinary reality. We can handle what's going on. We have the strength to, to you know, deal with what it takes to get through some lives that can be really difficult. You know, there's stories that help us deal with death. There's stories that help us deal with relationship. There's stories that help us deal with parenting. With what, I mean, one of the things I was really asking when I was looking for these stories is, what, what does it take to be a mother? And we've forgotten how important the mother is. And if you go back into these stories, the great mother, everything comes from the great mother. And so I was able to shift the way that I was relating to my daughter and go, oh, the most important thing I can be right now is mother for her so that she can be everything that she's meant to be. I have an incredibly, incredibly powerful job. And the fact that maybe I'm, I'm not going to be in the public eye for 20 years even is okay. 
because I'm helping somebody else really grow and thrive too. And now I get to see her as she's becoming a, a doctor and it's really great to see who she's becoming. And, and I saw with these stories, they help, they help us. They help us walk through difficulties. Ah, oh, here's this eternal peace. Oh, I'm in this difficult time right now. It's okay. It's okay. We can tap into the end world and we can find what we need, even if we have to visit the dragon. <laughs> and then we can keep going. And we can, you know, and this is really, you talk about groups and you can hold hands with each other and go, it's okay. I've walked through motherhood. I've walked through business, you know, businesses failing, succeeding. We've walked, let's keep going and let's keep going and creating together. And the world might seem crazy, but it's okay because we're creative beings and we, we can create a mess and we can also create something incredibly beautiful. Well, and I think that's one of the main messages I'm getting from what you're saying is that, you know, you can have two people standing ne- next to each other looking at the same thing sharing the same moment, but experiencing it totally different based on perception. And I love that story you told because even putting dishes away, depending upon the lens you were wearing, depended upon how that impacted you. And it could either impact you positively positively or negatively. And I think that's a valuable lesson for everybody that that, that impact of the ability to socially construct really what's going on around us is super, super powerful. And I know we've got to kind of wrap this up, but knowing all of this stuff, the power of the story, these different archetypes that we're talking about that can actually help us deal with situations in life. And I know there's a lot of them and you talk about all of them in your book, but as we kind of wrap up, if there was somebody today that's, I don't know, having a hard time at work, not enjoying the work experience, not seeing value, thinking that they're just, you know, plodding through life, not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel or not having something that gives them the feeling that they're accomplishing something. What one of these archetypes, if you could pick one, do you think would really help somebody put on a different lens to see their world differently? What do you, what, what archetype would help that person just have that, you know, have that putting the dishes away moment like you did, what would help them see their world differently? Well, the, the mother archetype that runs through the books is Danny and she, and she's lovely and supportive and embraces us. Um, There's another She's in the first book, Legends of the Grail. In the second book, in Heroines of Avalon, there are a lot of, I would say, Ellen, perhaps, in, in, that, in, that, um, in that book. But actually, all of them, Erin Root. Erin Root is a goddess. She's a wonderful goddess because what, what she does is she sings to the stars, and then the, the stars sing back to her. And in the song that she sings to the stars and the songs that are sung back to her, she weaves all of life so that the seeds come and the flowers blossom and the oceans rise and all the animals come out. So you can engage with this sort of this, a creative, creative, beautiful dreaming. Now in, in the books, I give lots of meditations. And so you might, in her case, you would sit by a birch tree or you can just imagine a birch tree in your mind and you, and you, you go through a door and you go and you go and meet her. So there are ways to actually access these realities in a very mundane way. It, you know, ordinary, ordinary and extraordinary are, are friends. And so, you know, if you just think for a minute, oh, oh, my, today I've, I've just got to walk down this road. I've seen this road every, you know, it's just this boring road. And, but if you look at it, if you just give yourself a minute today, 
when you walk down the road that you're familiar with, or you drive down the road, it's probably better if you walk. <laughs> uh, you're walking and you go, oh no, it's not just this blue tarmac. It's not just, it's actually got sparkles in it. And look, there's a tree over here. And you could say, oh, it's an oak tree. Or you could say, oh no, look, it's a, it's a, it's a tree. And I can make a relationship with this. And this bird, the, 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 the bird song, oh yeah. It's actually, it's actually singing my happiness back. Oh, and you, so you can start engaging in the world where you start to weave you, your reality with this place so that you feel home here. And I believe if we, if we really feel at home here, we treat each other well. You know, we look after each other. We want to make sure everyone around us is fed. We want to make sure everyone around us is loved. We want to make sure that everybody has their abundance. And everyone is finding that little spark inside of themselves that goes, this is who I am, the truth of who I am, and this is how I want to share. And so I think you can find the tale, these tales, these things, these ideas, these sparks of insight for your own wondrous child. <laughs> you can find them in these books. Well, and I think that everything you said, said there really has a ton of value because I would even say that other things we've talked about on this podcast and the things you're talking about have a lot in common, especially when I'm thinking about experiencing what would be, you know, quote unquote, the ordinary life in a different way. It really plants seeds to grow excellence later on. I mean, these, these things can build habits. They can become reality. They can, they can help you to create what you actually do want in your life. And I love the way you kind of said all of that because it's like if we can walk down a normal road and experience it in a different way, that begins to grow that capacity, like you said before, of being able to do these things on a more regular basis and it becomes part of who you are. It becomes that in-world you were talking about. I think it's some great information that I really enjoy talking to you about just because it gives us a different way to experience ourselves and experience life around us and even apply it to, to who knows, boring stuff, doing your taxes or accounting or putting the dishes away. It really is a cool way to think about life. I mean, we're all living life anyway. It <laughs> might, we might as well experience it and use some of these things to make it more engaging. So I really wanted to thank you for coming on. And I know a lot of people will probably want to go and, Look for more information, Heron's Babylon, Legends of the Grail, the two of your most recent books. I know we were talking earlier, you have three more kind of coming out pretty soon, but where can they find out more about you? Where can they find out more about what you're doing? Where can they get your books? Where can they contact you? How do they engage with what you're doing? Yes, I have a website. I'm easy to find. And, and as you, you said earlier, my first name is Ann, A-Y-N. So I, there are not too many A-Y-N. So AnnKateSullivan.com. If, if you go on to the website, there's a list of all 12 books. And I have an events page. So if you're interested in a pilgrimage or you want to do your own, your own internal work to find your true nature. I work with people privately and I help also, I also help writers who are developing themes and ideas and so forth. So there are ways to engage and the books are available most places. They're easy uh, to find them on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and most bookstores can either get them for you or they have them on the shelf. So I hope you'll engage in the enchanted world, find your wondrous child and move forward into this life in engaging and, and fascinating ways. 
Well, I think that's a great place for us to kind of leave off on this episode. I would highly recommend everybody check out the books, check out what Ann is doing, go to her website. There'll be a link to all this stuff in the show notes. And if I could just ask everybody for a quick favor again, please visit me at www.crucialtalks.com if you need anything. Reach out to me on email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever works for you. And also, if you could please, please, please share the podcast leave a review and rate it. That would be so great because it really helps us get this message and these great interviews like the one we just had with Ann to a lot of other people. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit crucialtalks.com.